Not all of the national parks encompass millions of acres or cover mountains and valleys. Some derive their significance from what occurred in that spot. A case in point, the Birmingham, Alabama Civil Rights and nearby Freedom Riders National Monuments. These two, among the newest national parks, now have their first permanent superintendent, Chris Butcher joins me now. Mr. Butcher, good to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. Now, let's talk about the Birmingham Civil Rights Monument. I've been there, classified as a national park. You can see all four sides of it by standing in one spot, correct? <laughs> that, that is correct for, for the most part. The, the colored Masonic Temple is also part of the monument, and it's a little more difficult to see. But yes, you can see pretty much every, every bit of it uh, um, from one spot. And What's what's really unique is the the part that's federal ownership is even smaller. The National Park Service only owns half of the A.G. Gaston Motel. The rest of it is are either you know active church congregations or city property or something like that. So um, you know we're collaboratively managing uh, this new national monument. And right across the street there is a museum of civil rights which. Some of the exhibits in there, I have accompanied groups of teenagers to, and they stand transfixed because they'd never seen anything like that. And then you do have the 16th Street Baptist Church right by there. How does it all interact from the superintendent's standpoint? Prior to getting the the National Monument designation um, from President Obama, you know, this was already a civil rights district that I think worked together very well. They communicated and shared a lot of resources. You know, what you're referring to is the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute. It's actually where I'm officed right now while we're um, trying to kind of build out our operation here with the National Park Service. And, you know, the 16th Street Baptist Church and St. Paul United Methodist and Bethel Baptist Church have been given National Park Service grants, and they've built out pretty great um, kind of interpretive talks and programs and things like that. Um, so there's really a lot of synergy going on. And, you know, I see kind of my job and, and kind of the National Park Service role is to really come and be a, be a force multiplier and really do what we can to, uh, to bring more of a spotlight on these amazing and wonderful, uh, wonderfully impactful stories. Because Birmingham as a city has done quite a bit to change from the past that it has given the bombings and so forth and some of the terrible incidents that happened in the civil rights early era. And so I guess as a federal superintendent inserted there, you've probably got to have a light touch in dealing with the groups that are that are working this through even now. Absolutely. You know, I, I think that, you know, it's it's really unwise to come in and think that I'm the expert in anything. You know, so many of the people that are involved day to day, you know, we're we're on the front lines and not only, you know, experienced it from the outside, but we're, we're foot soldiers and in and, and, and the trenches day to day, you know, fighting for, for equal rights. Um, and so for, for anybody to, to come in and, and think that, you know, we're, we know better than, than you, I think would be foolish. And so it's really about um, recognizing all the great work that, that, you know, like you had mentioned, the city is already doing and so many um, people and so many institutions and organizations already doing um, but really, again, being value-added and, and, and trying to help in some ways maybe bring us together or, or bring resources that they didn't otherwise have um, to, to, again, kind of connect folks to these stories that are, that are so impactful and, and, and just as relevant today um, as they were, you know, decades ago. We're speaking with Chris Butcher. He is the new superintendent of the Birmingham Civil Rights and Freedom Riders National Monuments, both in Alabama. Let's talk about the Freedom Riders Monument. 
for a moment. That's not quite in Birmingham. It's a little distance away. Tell us the significance of that site. Yeah, so Freedom Riders National Monument is in Anniston, uh, Alabama. It's about an hour and a half uh, east of Birmingham, and it commemorates the Freedom Riders who set about to bring awareness and, and to stand up against you know bus segregation. And it occurred in 1961, so it's a, a few years before um, what were the stories that we're kind of focusing on in, in Birmingham. And um, the sites that are specifically, you know, uh, attributed to the park or the National Monument right now is the bus depot where the bus came into and was harassed by, by local folks. And then a little outside of town, uh, the bus was actually firebombed. And we commemorating that spot as well. And what does it require to maintain that spot? I mean, what is it's a you say a bus depot and a spot on the road? What are the physical accoutrements right. there that need to be maintained? So currently, there, there's not a ton of uh, accoutrements right now. There's a marker that that designates the site of the bombing uh, that, that where that occurred and talks to that. And then the bus depot is, is, is still standing. It is a, a federal facility, but it's uh, not in the best state uh, of repair right now. So we're actually just finishing up this week a contract to um, fix some leaks in the roof, and we're currently kind of building um, a plan to try and, one, kind of assess what we want to do with both sites, um, the building and the, the, the physical site where the bombing occurred, and really how that's going to interact with the community and, and the area at large. Um, you know, we're, we're building, a, we call them general management plans, and they're, they're designed to kind of engage the community and stakeholders and help not just in the, the near term, in the next, you know, year, two or three years, but the park that I came from, the general management plan was done in the 70s, and we still referred back to it regularly to kind of guide the sure. decision-making processes moving forward. I've never been to Anniston, Alabama, but are the local people there generally okay with the federal government, in effect, coming in and commemorating something and rebuilding a site that maybe there might be some people that would like to forget about it? And I imagine there's a little bit of divergence of opinion on how to treat it. So that must be something you've got to navigate also. Yes, but I think that's true with, with really any anything in history, um, specifically when it's when it's a, a a story that can be divisive and, and, and isn't doesn't put folks in the best light, I think can be challenging. But I, I've really I haven't experienced personally anybody who is anything other than supportive and excited about coming in and, and really highlighting not what happened. Obviously, that's a tragic and, and, and terrible story, but, but the growth and really just how far we've come as a, as a, as a region, as a state, and as a nation, um, I think is really, really important. You know, I think the, uh, the museum in Montgomery that's not a national park site, but that specifically deals with lynching um, and the, the fear and the, the consternation before it was unveiled is, you know, oh my gosh, like this is such a, a difficult story to tell and people you know were obviously and understandably concerned but looking at how respectfully and how um, poignantly I think those those stories are told um, is is something that we can use and then you know the the uh, the Holocaust Museum in Washington DC I think is another really good example of telling difficult and challenging stories um, in a respectful and poignant uh, way but still challenging us to uh, examine ourselves um, and our our kind of preconceived 
notions and our, our unconscious and conscious biases is important. And as a superintendent, it's not like being the superintendent, say, of Zion or Grand Canyon, where there's housing and there's all this infrastructure. What's it like to relocate? You've worked in Philadelphia, you've worked in Washington, you've been a money manager, a comptroller, you've done a lot of different jobs. What's it like to move to a small city far away and there's no federal housing on that particular park? Right. So I'm I'm a small town kid kind of by at heart. I grew up in uh, southeast Ohio, you know, a really small college town. Um, so this is kind of it's almost like going back uh, going back home for me. I really really enjoy the area and the people are 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 wonderful. But you're right. There, um, it's a unique challenge, and it's really what what made this position so appealing to me. Um, you know, how many people get to say that they can look at and be a part of kind of building a national monument from the ground up. And again, that's not implying that there's nothing here, but in terms of kind of a federal presence and, like you said, infrastructure, uh, staffing, there are there are only two permanent staff between both sites, myself and then we have a uh, one interpretive ranger stationed at Freedom Riders uh, in Anniston. So we don't have very many staff. We don't have um, permanent offices. So there are definite challenges, but I think that's really, really exciting. Um, because you know what we can engage the community there aren't these kind of preconceived notions or ideals or or sacred cows that we have to deal with saying that we've we've always done it this way so this is the way we have to do it there's none of that Um, so it is a challenge but i think it's a really really exciting opportunity as well chris butcher is superintendent of the birmingham civil rights and freedom riders national monuments both in alabama thanks so much for joining me Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Everything's getting more expensive these days. Gas, rent, and even your music. While other music services keep jacking up their prices, Live One is letting you lock in the best music membership at the best price. Live One Plus is just $3.99 per month. Get all your favorite music ad-free, along with unlimited skips and maximum audio quality. Beat inflation with the best deal in music at just $3.99 per month. Visit liveone.com slash best music to get Live One Plus now. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you're sending money to. Second, Confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. 